Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is John from PureAndSimpleBible.com. I'm so glad to be with you once again, and I'm grateful for an excellent conversation that I was able to have with one of my dearest friends, Brother Wesley Hubbard. Wesley has some Bible studies from the book of James, chapter 1, about how to endure suffering through the trials that we go through. And the Word of God is revealed verse by verse in these Bible studies. I think it's going to be really helpful for us. And so I invite you to listen along as we have a conversational Bible study from the book of James, chapter 1. Let's jump right in, shall we? Okay, well, I'm here with a dear friend, brother in Christ, and my neighbor, uh, Wesley Hubbard, is joining me in studio. We've got our coffees this morning. We are uh, still using our morning voices in wake-up time. We've tried to get together now for a few weeks to record a podcast episode, but uh, work-related uh Things on both sides of the court have kept us away, and so here we are on a Saturday morning, and uh, our voices are sounding a little bit rough, so bear with us for the first few minutes of the podcast as both Wes and I are waking up. Now, Wes, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad to uh, study with you from the book of James, and you have a couple of sermons that come from James chapter 1 that you've given to me to look over and to look through the notes, and so I'm excited to uh, consider really from this chapter, just going through it kind of line by line and verse by verse, some of the the great takeaways that Christians can gain from reading it. You begin with your notes kind of premising the idea that life is complicated. It's full of troubles and sorrows, and and that doesn't go away whenever you become a Christian. And so uh, I guess my first question for you is, how do you cope with that whenever you have anxiety or disappointment or sorrow, or just the reality of life that seems to uh, really be closing in on you, and you're you're confused because you're in Christ. How is James going to help us with that? Well, James, as you point, pointed out, he's really he's he's really concerned with the fact that troubles of life can come and over overtake us, right? But he gives us uh, some tools, and, and sometimes these tools aren't aren't uh they don't make sense on the surface but as you scratch through the that that surface you can understand what he's saying and the key point in all of it is to come back to god okay well let's jump into verse two you mind if i read it and then i'd just like to ask you a question it says uh, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial trial then produces blessing having been tried we receive a crown of life, uh, which is life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, James doesn't mince any words. He jumps straight into this idea of uh, life being a trial. Um, how do you turn a trouble into a blessing? Maybe that's a good place to start. How do, you, how do we turn trouble into blessing? Well, we, we got to, first, we have to understand and know uh, what, the, what the point of the trial is. And sometimes we don't always we don't always understand that we don't always get it. But knowing that all things work for our good, we can know that God is working in us and through us to produce who He wants us to be. And it's through these trials that we are being defined and refined in order to be a better person, maybe for 
a particular situation in the future, or maybe just to be the person that God wants us to be. So knowing and understanding that that the trials that we face are for our good mm. mm-hmm. is we can we can then see the blessing of it. And sometimes it's hard to see it in the moment, well, in the trial. Yeah, and, and you use the word refined. That's a Bible word. I know Peter uses that as well as being refined by fire. That's not a pleasant process. No. Whenever you're being purified or, you know. Uh, you have in your notes the example of a diamond. Uh, really, the the way to tell the difference between a genuine diamond and that's fake. We tell me about that. Yeah, uh, I read this online while doing this the study. Supposedly, now I'm not a diamond ex- ex- expert here, <laughs> but supposedly one easy way to be able to tell the difference between a genuine diamond and a fake diamond is to put it in water. Right. And supposedly in the water. The genuine diamond will will sparkle with the brilliance uh, that you would expect a diamond to have, whereas the fake diamond, the one that hasn't been produced over over many many years and all that pressure, uh, it will lose that brilliance. Okay, I, I like that. I like the you know refined by fire, being put under the water to test its brilliance. Uh, James is concerned with like matters. He, he's talking about Christians whenever real life happens. Um, I think we all, if we've been in the church for a while, understand that that fire that you get when you come out of the, under the water, when you're baptized, you're just on fire for the Lord, that doesn't remain constant unless you're you know, diligent to make your calling and election sure, and, and because affliction is going to come. So in, in verse 3, when he's, he calls it the testing of faith, I'm wondering if you can uh, maybe help our listeners look beyond James just for the moment, you know, maybe so they could have some verses to cross-reference. Does the Bible speak anywhere else about times of testing or trouble? Oh, yes. Uh, there are several. One of the great examples of testing and, and trouble is the book of Job. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, Job really is the ultimate example of someone whose faith was tested and tried in a very, very difficult way. What scripture from Job do you want to share? Uh, well, there's there's several, but uh, Job chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Man is born to trouble as the sparks fly up upward. And, and in other words, as if you're familiar with any kind of campfire, mm, as the okay. sparks fly up, right. man is going to have trouble. Uh, some some trouble in life. So yeah, that's that's a guarantee because sparks are always flying. It's out. a guarantee. Okay, what else do you got? Job even says in uh, Job chapter fourteen verse one, man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. And he he laments throughout his book, even though he has faith in God and trusts in God, he is lamenting the troubles that befall man. We won't spoil the ending just in case somebody out there hasn't read it, but you need to read it. The ending is worth it, especially when God speaks to Job, right? Yes. Um, you know, I think about marriage, the greatest relationship on earth. We're always, you know, the pictures from when people get married are so happy, and it's such an exciting time. But even in that best of, of earthly relationships, there's going to be problems. Uh, Paul even mentions that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28. It says, uh, there's trouble in the flesh. And so uh, in regards to marriage, uh, I think most of us who've been married a while know that even in this greatest of relationships, uh, there's not always happy times. Is that a fair statement? 
Yes, <laughs> yes. Life is, is going to be, as long as we are in this world, there's going to be difficult difficulties, even in the what even in the things that we would think would be the most ple- pleasant and joyous times. There will be trouble. I don't want to be a Johnny Raincloud, but I will be, and uh, just say that as long as you have a relationship with somebody, there will come a time when you will disappoint them, and they will disappoint you. No matter how true that relationship is, part of our humanity uh, in in living in a life that's struggling with sin is that we don't always live up to what we're supposed to be, nor do others. Yeah. And so whether it be our parents, our children, our spouse, our friends, we fall short with them, and they have to deal with the consequences. It's not a matter of uh, if, but when. Mm, that's a good point. It's not a matter of if, but when. So we're back in James chapter 1. I'm looking at verse 12, and it says, If you persevere through that test, you'll be blessed, and you'll receive a crown of life. And so I'm looking at this um, trouble, this test, and I'm wondering if you can help me maybe better understand that verse and and help Christians in general better understand how to go through these tests of life. Well, and and one thing to point point out, too, is that word there for uh, various is the same word that was used to to describe, uh, you know, the code of many colors. He's talking about various trials. Oh, okay. So it's not talking about a quantity of trials as much as it's talking about a variety of right. different trials. Right. So we may not be going through the darkest of times every day for the rest of our life. That's what you're saying. Yes, sir. It can be diff- come in different shades. It comes in all kinds of fla- f- flavors and shades. That's good to know. Well, what else can we draw out from this verse? Uh, but to know that if we if we can endure through that test, that in the end, we'll receive that crown. And so there is there is the thought that, you know what, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. This isn't what, it, uh, what it's supposed to be. This is, when I get through this trial, number one, it, ends, it, it points out that there is an end. I like that. There is an ending to it. There is an end. And if we can get to that, if we can see beyond the trouble. Right and know that there's a crown of life there for those that can persevere, it really gives you the strength, the endurance, the patience to, to push through. Yeah. And so it's a, it, it's a very comforting verse. Uh, it's not necessarily just stating, you know, hey, if you get through this, you get a, <laughs> you get a gift. Uh, it, it really points out several things that can give you com- comfort in knowing right. that this is not what right. life is. Life is full of trouble, but life is, is, uh, is also full of other things, and mm-hmm. these troubles and trials that we have, they will come to an end. Well, the book of Romans says that we're saved in hope, and so a life with hope is able to endure a whole lot more than a life without hope. Yeah. And I think that's a a key to this is going through the trial of having the hope that I really like what you said, the trial will end. And, and that doesn't promise anybody that's going to end in this life. You know, the trial may end whenever the Lord comes back or whenever uh, he takes us home. Um, but there's going to be an end. And there's, there's hope to it. Now, uh, in, in your notes, you say that as the text unfolds, that uh, there is a recipe for perseverance in those trials. And uh, so you, you say that there are, are five things 
that are required, kind of as a, a recipe. And uh, I'm hoping that you can maybe take us through that. In fact, I think the, the majority of your notes are going to be about these five things that help us get through trials. And I'm really interested in, in talking about that. So don't we, why don't we just jump into the first thing? Go ahead. Okay. Well, the first thing that it's po- pointing out is to consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Okay. And so understanding and seeing that joy. Now, I, I know when you read that, you're like, what? <laughs> Count it all joy when I'm in these trials? It sounds kind of twisted a little bit. It is. It, 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 it does. <laughs> only a, only the, the oddest person would <laughs> find joy in that. But again, it's being able to see through the trial to know that, uh, that not only will it end, but there is blessing that can come from it, you know, we're able to, to, to see the joy, you know, we can endure a surgery, you know, a knee replacement surgery. Right. Right. Now, while that's not joyous, we can see the, we can see toward the benefit that we'll gain from it. Have a life alleviated from that issue. And so we are, we are wholly able to better cope with and deal with the trials of life that are difficult in the moment knowing that that something better something is uh something better is going to be there mm-hmm. in 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 the end and so you can when you can see that that blessing when you can understand that you can find joy in that and right. that you have a god that loves you and cares for you in such a way that he wants that he's not expecting you by your own power and by your own abilities to become the person he wants you to be. He's going to help you do that. I think a lot of people would probably make the same statement. Looking back on life, looking at some of their mistakes, um, a lot of people would say, I wouldn't change it, you know, because it's made me who I am. And I'm one of those people. I've made some mistakes. I'm very embarrassed by some of my mistakes. I, I look at what I've done wrong. But who I am uh, as a man and as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, all of those things of who I am, those mistakes have helped refine me as much as the, the joys of getting things right the yeah. first time. Yeah. And so I'm embarrassed by them and I don't want to do them again, but they've made me who I am. To explain this to me real quick. Uh, the, the scripture says, count it a joy when you endure these trials. It's, it's saying it matter-of-factly, it's going to happen. Uh, maybe give a word to people out there who are new in the faith or are considering becoming a Christian and uh, help help them gently take off the rose-tinted glasses that once you become a Christian, it's going to be easy. Yes. Uh, the world likes to define Christianity as something that once you accept Jesus into your heart, that Troubles will go away. There will be no more trials. You know, the it, it kind of goes toward that pr- prosperity doc, doctrine, health and wealth, and and just right as a Christian, everything's going to be good. But the Bible doesn't teach that. Mm-hmm. The Bible te- teaches us that the life of a Christian is difficult. It's difficult to go against the grain, to swim against the flow of, that the rest of the world is 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 moving. Uh, and it's difficult in that the trials that God puts forth in our life to refine us 
to make us better, uh, you know, those aren't always easy. And Jesus promised, uh, well, Jesus taught rather that it would happen quickly uh, in the parable of the sower. You know, the cares of life spring up pretty quick to choke out the faith of those that aren't rooted and established in the word. And so I think that is appropriate to have a word of caution. Yeah, we should have a lot of joy when we've obeyed the gospel. We're saved. We're on fire for the Lord. But let's be realistic about how life is going to continue on. We are going to be tested. Um, I'm looking in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It's a great scripture. I'm wondering if you want to comment on it. Uh, It says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. How does that go along with James 1? Well, the, I think the best illustration for that is, is uh, that of a child. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> a child who's getting a spanking from his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't do that, do you? No. no, no. <laughs> uh, I asked that facetiously, of course. Yes, yes, no. <laughs> no, that's a... Uh, that's, uh, we're going to assume that we both spank our children and we both were spanked, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The... Uh, but in the moment, in the trial, you know, it, it's, uh, it's difficult. It's hard. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, some, it's hard to find joy. But in the moment uh, is not necessarily where we're supposed to live and where we're supposed to stay. Because after the discipline, there's a change in our mind. There's there's a there's a change in our in our char- character that needs to be made in order to ensure that that uh, not only does that discipline not need to happen mm. in the future, mm-hmm. but uh, but that we learn from that and we become better right. by it. And it's so the 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 fruit that comes out of the discipline right uh, is righteousness. It doesn't seem joyful at the moment, but it. It yields a harvest of joy and exactly. of righteousness and peace, exactly. and and that's really the uh, key, you know, that 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 uh, you know, pointing out, trying to find that joy, is to be able to to see beyond the trial, right. to, to think forward. When you're going through a trial immaturely, all you see is the moment, but when you're going through it maturely, as a mature Christian, I think you're able to look beyond the moment. You're able to, as James one says count it all joy. So that's the, the first ingredient in the, uh, the, the list of five ingredients to get through these trials and tribulations is to have a joyous attitude. But that's not the only thing. Uh, you bring out in your study that in addition to a joyous attitude, you also have to have an understanding mind. Before you answer that question, I want to read James chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And so in that ingredient list that you mentioned in your notes, that that second point about having an understanding mind, uh, what do you mean by that exactly? The key there is is knowing is knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. It's that knowledge, that understanding, kind of what we were talking about before, the thinking forward. Knowing that God loves you, knowing that he is is working all things to make you better, uh, that is a knowledge that you need to have the endurance to move forward. Because if I'm just going through this trial, this is a dog-eat-dog world. Right. And if I'm just going through this trial that is not going to produce or 
do anything that's going to make me better, that that will put you into despair. Right. Knowing that the trials are are worthless. I think about Second Corinthians twelve. I'm wondering if you'll you'll uh, comment on that because I feel like that scripture, what Paul goes through, is is right along with what's happening in James one uh, about uh, trials producing or having an understanding, knowing that your trials are going to produce patience and endurance. Help us understand what Paul was going through in Second Corinthians twelve. Oh, good good night. Paul was was going through this very difficult trial. Uh, uh, he calls it a thorn in the, in the flesh. Right. And, uh, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, yes. And so he's going through this trial, and it says that he's, he's prayed to God three times to remove this thorn. But rather than removing the thorn, rather than pulling Paul out of this trial, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so knowing that we're going to be in these trials knowing that we're going to go through these difficult times, mm-hmm. but that something better, right. because it says power is perfected in weakness. That's right. The second part of that, that, that comfort yes. from the Lord, for my power is made perfect in weakness, knowing that our weakness glorifies God's strength. Yes. And so knowing, again, having that knowledge that God is working for us, God is making us better, that our... that powers perfected in that weakness uh it's knowing that god loves us that he cares for us and that he is is working all things for our good you have to know that you have to know that you can't you can't see the joy you can't see beyond you cannot deal with the trial in a positive productive way without knowing that there is a God that loves you mm-hmm. behind it. Right. One of the one of the, the ways that the Christian worldview is unique and, and kind of uh, confusing from an outside perspective is that we are not the center of our worldview. Uh, God is the center. Yes. And our life is all about learning how to empty ourselves and to be filled with the Spirit, be filled with God's presence so that he can be the Lord of our life instead of us being the one in control. And that's kind of against human nature. Uh, and when people aren't Christians and they look at us trying to make room for God, it, it seems foolish to them. And so our admonition to new Christians and people who are considering the faith is that uh, it is essential that we humble ourselves before the Lord so that his power can perfect our weakness. If Paul went through so much and prayed so hard and God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, well, then God's grace is also sufficient for me Yes. in my trials. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And knowing that and understanding that, uh, again, you know, we have to know that to get through those trials uh, or we'll never... Will never survive. You have a lot of notes on this one, and it's probably tragic that we're skipping through so much of it. Um, but we're talking about an understanding mind, uh, knowing that the, these trials produce endurance in us. I'd like to just talk about one more scripture and then uh, maybe jump to the next one. But Paul, in, in a different book, in First Corinthians, 
he talks about how God is not going to let us be tempted beyond what we're able. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, the Bible says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful and will never allow you to be tempted above what you are able. But always, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. How does that fit into James 1 in this discussion of having an understanding mind when trials come? Again, it goes back to the knowing that all things work for our good, that there is an end to the trial, and in the end, we are made better by it. Uh, But it's also the comfort to know that God and his sovereign ability and will to, to make you the person he wants you to be He's not going to put you in a trial that you are not going to be able to bear. Right. And so while this, you know, while the the trials of life, sometimes they're huge. Sometimes they can be overwhelming and suffocating. But God, who loves you in his infinite wisdom, puts you through this trial to make you who he wants you to be. But you're not going to be tempted. You're not going to be tried beyond what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. That The scripture also says that it's uh, common to man. Yes. And one of the great comforts in, in my life personally is whenever I confess to uh, maybe my wife or to a, a brother in Christ or something, when I'm going through an issue or whenever somebody confesses to me and then I, you know, confide in them back, hey, you're, you're not the only one who's going through that. Exactly. There's this awakening sometimes where people think, I thought I was the only one who was going through that. And they are shocked, and I have been shocked as well, to realize that I wasn't the only one. So that scripture, you know, part of the endurance is seeing, hey, I'm not alone in this trial. God God has surrounded me by brethren who have gone through the same thing. Maybe the, the situation or the people were different, but the trial was the same. You've probably heard the saying that, uh, that suffering wants comfort company misery misery loves company misery right. loves company. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it is and we really do we we are able to really you know we think we're the only one we think we're the only ones with the problem with the issue and then when we open up and we we bear one another's burdens we're able to 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 say hey we're all dealing with these things mm. now specifically you may not be dealing with what i'm dealing with but right there's someone and it's you don't have to go far to find them there's someone near you that is right. dealing with those same things, and to know that y'all can, mm-hmm. uh, y'all can lean on one another, and that's part of one reason why we have the trials that we have. It's very possible that whatever I'm going through right now, God is preparing me to help you right. at a later time. I love that point, especially for people going through the middle of it, is to tell them you don't know how God is going to use this to help somebody else. That's comforting to me personally, yeah. and I hope it is to others that that experience of you going through it, you're going to help somebody in the future. Yeah. That's great. With the comfort with which I was comforted, uh-huh. I can comfort right. others. Right, 2 Corinthians 1. Good point. Yes, sir. Now, um, we've, just to, to sum up so far, we've talked about having first a joyous attitude. This is what James 1 has taught us so far about uh, whenever we face temptation and trial, have a joyous attitude. Have an understanding mind. Kind of know your place and know God's place in your heart. But that's not it. There's three more. 
And so I'm wondering if you can tell us about the third one, a submissive will. Well, that's all the time we have for this week, and I hope you'll tune in next week where we'll consider the three additional things that are going to help us as we go through trials as Christians. The book of James, chapter 1, is a wonderful uh, chapter in a wonderful book of James in a wonderful book, the Bible. And I invite you to consider reading that on your own between now and next week whenever we release the end of this episode. Until then... I encourage you to go to pureandsimplebible.com. Like I say every week, there are resources for you to use and download for your personal Bible study and ministry with your friends and your family, and it's absolutely free. Go check it out, www.pureandsimplebible.com. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.